This is the Beginner's Guide to Human Design. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast makes understanding your human design chart super simple and easy. Have you ever looked at your chart and seen all those shapes, lines, arrows, and numbers and gotten lost in the descriptions? Me too. After countless hours of practice and study, I'm here to break it down for you. Now let's get into today's episode. Today is a really fun episode because it is our very first Ask Me Anything episode. And of course, all the questions are all about human design, and you guys have asked some really good ones. If I ever do this again in the future, I, well, I'm definitely going to because this is already so much fun. This is one of my favorite episodes ever. But when that happens, make sure you're paying attention on Instagram stories because that's where I asked you guys for questions and you guys really pulled through and sent me some good ones. And if you want to ask a question in the future for one of these episodes, just stay tuned over there on the Instagram stories for the next time I ask and then you can submit a question as well. But before we jump into all your great questions, let's do the review of the week. This one is from a couple of months ago, and it says, binge the first 18 episodes and loved it. Five stars. And this person said, it's snowing here in Minnesota, so I binged all the episodes to date, and they are great. Madeline explains everything so well, and I truly appreciate all of her knowledge she's sharing. And there's a unicorn and a blue butterfly and some hearts. So cute. And this person must be from Minnesota. That's where I'm from as well. So thank you for that amazing review, and that is incredible that you actually binged the first 18 episodes. How fun is that? Don't you guys just love when you find a really good podcast or like a really good YouTube channel or someone's like Instagram or something with content and you just like binge it and get so much information. I'm doing that right now with somebody who teaches all about style and fashion and color. Her name is Christy Russell and I'm just obsessed. She has a great YouTube channel, really fun Instagram, and I love it. But back to the review of the week. If that was your review, go ahead and send me a DM over on Instagram. You can find me at healthy underscore Madeline or email me at hello at MadelineEvergreen.com. Let me know the username you used for that review and that that was yours. And then you win a very special prize. You have two choices. You can either get a recording from me of your life theme, according to your human design chart, or you can ask some deep personalized questions about your chart that I can either send you a recording or a big write-up about. So either one is fine with me. I like to give the choice because I've realized that some people already know their life theme and then it's not really that useful to hear it again because it's not going to be different. It's all it, You just have one life theme for this lifetime and of course there's always different ways to explain it or interpret it but it just is what it is and so if you already know it then maybe you'd like, you'd like a different prize. And anybody else who wants to win that special prize, all you need to do is go on Apple Podcasts and write a review and that's it. And then you're entered forever. And I don't just pick the most recent one. I go back. This one was from a couple weeks ago, but I go back through the archives and just pick a random one each week. So again, thank you everybody for writing your reviews. And I've been seeing a lot of you have been doing that and it's just making my day. So 
Let's jump into our questions. We have a really good handful of these. I have no idea how long it's going to take me, so I'm going to try to keep this episode about 30 minutes, and if there's extras, maybe we'll just have to do two episodes because I can be a little bit long-winded on some of these answers, which actually is probably a good thing. All right, this first one comes from Bobby, who actually had a reading with me. And she sent me an email with some follow-up questions, and this is some of the questions. Here we go. She says, when we were talking about my life theme, one huge thing that came to mind was one of the reasons I'm not super eager to be social is I hate small talk. I just want to talk about something meaningful or how someone is doing and have them tell me what they're going through. And most of the time in group settings, this is just not the case and it bores me to death. I'd rather be alone researching something or learning something. All right. First of all, me too. Oh my gosh, Bobby, I am exactly the same way. Small talk is my worst thing in the entire world and I only want to have meaningful conversations and I will do anything to avoid small talk. Now, why would this be? Well, I'm laughing inside because this is so, so, so typical for anybody that has a defined throat. So for those of you who are unsure what a defined throat is, you would want to go back to the episode where I did talk about that whole topic. Um, I I believe it was one of the episodes towards the beginning. Um, I don't have the number right in front of me at this moment, but it was the episode that was all about the throat center. So the throat center is that large square that is the third shape from the top. Everybody has that big square in your chart. It's right above the diamond. And if that square is colored in, it's defined. And if it's white, it's undefined or open. And the person that asked this question, Bobby, you have a defined throat. So pretty much everybody that has a defined throat hates small talk. And part of having a defined throat means that you really need to use your voice to express yourself, to express your truth. So speaking and talking is very, very important for your self-expression. But that doesn't mean you love to jibber-jabber and just talk, 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 talk all the time for any reason. It really means that you need speaking and words and talking and communication verbally as part of your way to express your truth. So typically, when you have that quality, when you have a defined throat, you don't really like using your voice for mindless chit-chat or like just, you know, talking about the weather or things that you don't really care about or that you might describe as unimportant or mundane. And then on the flip side of that, anybody that has an undefined or an open throat where it's white, those people typically love small talk. Not always, but oftentimes they love to chit chat and they love to just talk people's ears off or get into deep conversations. But then they think, well, wait, wouldn't that mean that I have a defined throat? But no, just because you like to talk, it doesn't have anything to do with if your throat is defined or undefined. It, if you have an undefined throat, it just simply means that you are not going to need to use your voice and your words and speaking 
to express yourself, to speak your truth. So you're going to use your words and your speaking to have mindless chit chat. It's not a bad thing. Some people love that. You're going to just be really good at small talk or talking about the light things, nothing that really exposes who you are, nothing really vulnerable or intense or deep or really descriptive of you on a very deep soul level. So back to Bobby, that's probably why you hate small talk, but you love to have deep, meaningful conversations with people. So there's nothing that you have to change. You don't need to, you know, just get over it and have small talk anyways. But just think about that, that you are really here to talk about more meaningful things. And small talk is probably never going to be a really, really good fit for you. And I am the same way. I feel you. So Bobby's next question, she said, is there any guidance you can give me on being a manifesting generator mom to two manifester daughters? I found this to be fascinating that both my daughters are manifestors. I read a little bit about it and I definitely see some of the qualities in both of them. One of my daughters is 25, already married, so obviously I'm not actively parenting her anymore. But my other daughter is 14, so there. So, is there any insight you'd be able to offer in that regard? I'd more than gladly take it. All right. Fascinating that you have two manifestor daughters. Manifestors are not very common, so this is pretty cool to see that. And then you're a manifesting generator as a mom. I absolutely love talking about relationships or families or communication when it comes to people's human design charts, and I have found that that is why I love it so much. I love being able to use my chart and my husband's chart, my mom, my friends, my family, so even some of my coworkers. I love to use people's charts to be able to get along with them better and to be able to understand them better. So if this is something that you have been wanting and you're not just easily easily being able to learn this on your own, then book a reading. And I'm not just talking to Bobby because Bobby's already doing that, but anybody that's listening, you'd want to book a reading so that you can understand you in dynamics with other people um, better. And I can go over multiple charts with you or help you with specific issues that you might be having with these other people as long as we can see your chart and their charts. But For Bobby's situation, you're the mother and any parent always needs to address their parenting style based off of their own chart first. So I've noticed that a lot of parents like to look at their kids' charts and then they dive deep into their children and they they can tend to skip over focusing on themselves. I don't know if that's what you're doing or not, but it's very, very common. And you would really, really want to put an emphasis on getting into alignment yourself and don't worry about them yet. So focus on whatever you need to improve on according to your design as a manifesting generator, but also according to everything else that's in your chart. The energy type is only one small aspect of it, and there's so much more to it than just being a manifesting generator. And when you start to parent according to your design, everybody else in your life, including your two daughters, are going to respond better to you. They're going to like you more. They're going to be less irritated by you. They're going to listen to you better. You're going to have such a better vibration that people will just 
enjoy you and trust you and and follow you and, you know, respect you in so much of a bigger way. So that goes for everybody. Everybody needs to focus on themselves before they start worrying about other people. However, in the meantime, you can absolutely keep a couple of things in mind about your daughters as manifestors. First thing to remember is that as soon as a manifestor baby is born, they are the energetic leader of the family. So you actually have two of those in your family, which is pretty fascinating. But your daughters are technically the energetic leaders of the family. So that doesn't mean that anything that they say goes and that they're the parent and they're in charge. But it does mean that energy-wise, in your dynamic, they are actually kind of running the show. So it's helpful to just keep that in mind and to notice if that is actually happening. Something else to keep in mind as a parent of manifestors, especially the younger one who's 14, that you're still raising her and guiding her, is that a manifestor really can guide themselves. They can almost parent themselves in a way because they are very, very self-directed and clear on what they want and what they don't want. So oftentimes manifestor children will know what type of school they want to go to or they know exactly what type of program they want to sign up for, whether it's dance or karate or art or something else. And they If they're um, comfortable and if the family is open and respectful, typically a manifestor child will come to the parent and ask if they can sign up for something or if they could go to this one school or be in this one program or maybe go to this specific type of camp. Anything like that that would be something to choose for a child, usually the manifestor child knows what they want. And then sometimes it can be something very out of the ordinary that you wouldn't think of, like boarding school or, you know, some kind of really strange camp that you've never even heard of. And if they truly want to do that and it's safe and, you know, it can work, go with it. Try not to use your own thoughts or judgments about what you think they should be doing and really respect what they are attracted to and what they want to do because they really do know best as long as they're going to be safe. You know, clearly as the parent, your job is to help them to be safe and not get into harm's way. But Sometimes still, manifestor children can choose things that are very strange or you would never think that that would be a good idea. But if it's safe and, you know, nothing really horrible is going to happen if they do it, then see if you can support them in that. And I just would love to know, actually, if your daughters have done that, if they've come to you and asked if they can do certain programs or schooling or anything Um, And Bobby, if they have, feel free to email me and let me know because I would just love to know about that. Now, I'm a manifesting generator and I just have a fun little story. Manifesting generators have a lot of manifestor or a little bit of manifestor in them. It's different for each Gen. But I actually did this. Um, As a child, I went to my parents and I said, I want to go to this performing arts school and do dance for high school. And it's like an hour away I figured out a whole bus route. I'm going to be taking these two different buses. It's going to take me an hour and a half to get there on the bus every day. I figured it all out and I'm signing up and I'm going. And my parents luckily were the type of parents who said, hey, if you figure it all out and if you can get yourself there and back, that's fine. Go go ahead. And I did that. Um, 
And I'm so glad that I had parents who allowed me to because it was very unconventional and very inconvenient, but it ended up being one of the best things I've ever done in my life. So that would be kind of an example of something a manifester or possibly a manifesting generator might do. And then Bobby, one more thing to keep in mind about your daughters is that manifestors' energy comes in bursts or big waves. So you would for sure want to expect them to have high motivation or high energy or high enthusiasm for something for a period of time, and then a major drop where they need to retreat and rest. And I can imagine that this would be difficult with teenage girls. Um, I'm not a parent, but I could imagine that if you have this teenage girl who's like going gangbusters with something new and then all of a sudden like no energy and no motivation and she's just sleeping or hiding out in her room or the basement or something and not uh, continuing for a period of time, that is normal for a manifester. So you need to just Um, support her in that and notice if it's happening and don't scold or shame her for needing to take um, a larger than normal amount of resting or alone time. Okay, great questions, Bobby. Thank you so much. And we are going to move on to the next person. So this person was on Instagram and I'm so sorry, I don't have your name, but he or she says, Reflector here, have been on a path to find out who I am at my core. Sometimes I feel frustrated that I don't really have any strong traits of my own. I'm just whoever I'm around. Wow, I love this question because it is very common from reflectors. I think I've told you in the past that I have reflectors reach out to me all the time over on Instagram in the DMs. It's absolutely fascinating. And lots and lots of reflectors feel this way. They feel like they're not even their own person and they're just simply a mirror for everybody else. And in some sense, it is a little bit true. You are totally a chameleon and a mirror for other people, but you also do have some independent qualities. You do have some aspects that are unique to you. And where you could find those in your own chart would be by looking at your gate. So the gates are all those really teeny tiny numbers all over the chart. And if it's colored in, that means that you have that gate. Jenna Zoe, she's my human design teacher. She calls the gates gifts. And that's kind of what they are. I like to think of them that way too, because they really are like gifts that you were born with that you innately have. And it's fascinating because these are not gifts that you would think of. Like, You aren't going to see something that says, oh, you are gifted at cooking or you are gifted at weightlifting or soccer. It's not like that in the gifts. Most of these gates are actually really odd things that you would never think of. Like my number one most important gate that I have is called listening and collecting stories. Like what is that? That is the most random gift or gate Ever, but the more that I have learned about it and studied it and practiced it in my own life, the more I'm realizing, like, yeah, I actually am here to do that and I'm really good at it. And when I implement listening to and collecting stories in everything that I do, my life is better and I can actually serve 
better and do more and accomplish more and feel more aligned. And it's actually something that I've suppressed a lot. I've always thought that, you know, you should rush things along or if I'm in a position of, um, like if I'm a teacher or if I'm in a position of leading or if I'm, you know, a manager to somebody else, I shouldn't waste my time listening to people because I should always be telling them things and giving value and showing them or teaching or constantly be shoving information down their throats. But I've actually learned that when I take time when I'm in classes or appointments with clients and if I take more time to listen to them and really have them tell me stories it really enhances the experience for them and it makes me way more capable as a teacher or a leader. And I never ever knew that and did that until I learned about my human design chart. And that's just one of many gates that I have. So reflectors have gates too. So you as a reflector, whoever this is that submitted this question, go and look up what these gates mean someday on this podcast, I'm going to get to all the gates. That's in my plan, but that is going to take a while. So in the meantime, I would suggest that you get Jenna Zoe's app. It's called the My Human Design app, and it is a paid app. I think it's about $5 a month. Um, I'm not associated with it or anything, but I pay for it and I love it and I use it multiple times every day. And in the app, you will get descriptions either written or you can play them audibly and listen to them. You'll get descriptions of all of your gates. So you'll get a really good clear picture of some gifts you were born with that are special to you that are not going to change depending on who you're around because you're a reflector. So I hope that that helps and I'm going to move on to the next question. This one is from Danielle and she said, I would like to know if we are susceptible to conditioning even if the center is defined. Fabulous question. So I'm going to give a little bit of background if you don't understand what this question means. When she says center, she's talking about energy centers. So those are those large shapes. There's nine energy centers on the chart. And let's go through a couple of examples. So let's talk about the splenic center, one of my favorite ones. The spleen is that large triangle that's way over on the left towards the bottom of the chart. And if it is colored in, that means it's defined. And if it's white, that means it's undefined. And Danielle is asking if you are, if you can be susceptible to conditioning even if the center is defined. So why she's asking this is because when an energy center like the spleen is colored in and it's defined, that means that it's highly unlikely that you are going to get swayed or programmed or conditioned or taught to be a different way um, in relation to that quality of that energy center. So the spleen is what we're using as the example, and the spleen is all about fears and awareness and instincts. And if it's defined, that means that you were really born to have strong instincts. You've got those for yourself, and you're not going to be picking up on other people's instincts. You just have your own, and anything that you are having fear around is coming from yourself, you're not picking up on other people's fears. 
And it's unlikely that someone is going to be able to train you or program you to have some other kinds of fears that you haven't just developed yourself or instincts that aren't just yours. So this can get a little nuanced and a little tricky, but just know that you can absolutely still have conditioning in that area if the center is defined, but it's it's in a different way than if it's undefined. So sometimes it's helpful to understand the opposite before you understand what you're asking. So I'm going to go through what the opposite would be. If you had an undefined spleen, then it would be so easy to get you to be really afraid of a lot of different things. That if you were just living all on your own and you never talked to anybody, you naturally wouldn't be afraid. But it would be easy for someone with the undefined spleen to tell them all of this stuff and kind of scare them into thinking that things are scary and to have all these fears. Like, oh, you should be afraid of aging and you should be afraid of commitment and afraid of, you know, what if you get a divorce? That's going to be really scary. And oh, don't fall down because you might get hurt. Anyone with an undefined spleen, it's really easy to get them to be afraid of things that they wouldn't just naturally be afraid of. And it's easy to have them kind of turn off or suppress their instincts. Now, let's flip it. So you, uh, Danielle, you're asking if you can get conditioned if it's defined. Well, yes, but in a different way. So with the spleen, for example... Remember that you're born to have instincts. So if you've got strong instincts and if you have a really good relationships relationship with your instincts, you're probably not going to end up having a lot of fears. But if you're susceptible to a lot of programming or conditioning or you don't have a very good relationship with your instincts, then it's all going to turn into fear. For example, if you have a defined spleen, and you have this like super, super strong instinct about what's going to happen in the future. And it's almost like you're psychic and you can see into the future and you just know what's going to happen next. Well, if, you, if you've if you been programmed to think that being psychic is evil, then you are going to be deathly afraid of what's coming next. Or if you've been programmed to think that nobody's psychic and that's a bunch of hooey and it's fake, then instead of just knowing what's coming next and having the instinct, you are going to be afraid of what's coming next. Do you see what I'm saying? So you will like dampen and have a poor relationship with the energy center and not really be able to utilize that skill from conditioning. We'll give one more quick example. This is a little bit of an easier one to understand, I hope. The sacral center, that's that square that's second from the bottom, that one's all about following what lights you up, what you're attracted to, what magnetizes you. And a lot of people that have a defined sacral center don't follow what lights them up because they've been told instead to do the right thing or follow the status quo, or make smart choices, and don't get off track and just do random stuff. But what this energy center is really telling you, if it's defined, is that whatever excites you and makes you the most alive and just like lit up and turned on, 
follow that, try that thing, do that thing, even if it's not the smart choice or the logical or the conventional choice. So you can see it's really, really common to be conditioned out of that. And lots of people are living their entire life based on what they should be doing and not what they're actually interested in or attracted to. So one quick example for me, I have that center defined and that's actually my authority is my sacral center. So it's very, very, very important that I do follow what, I, what I'm what i interested in and what excites me. And for the last month or so, I have been obsessed, obsessed with learning about color and why I like certain colors and don't like certain colors and combinations and which colors look good on different people like color theory or those, those seasonal colors. And I am obsessed. And I've been learning quite a bit about style, but not in the sense of trends, more in the sense of like, how do you make somebody look the most attractive according to their coloring and shading and body and lifestyle. And this has absolutely nothing to do with my career. It has nothing to do with really my life because I live in athletic clothes because almost everything that I do with work has to do with movement or um, fitness, those types of things. But I am allowing myself to fully throw myself into learning about color and style because it is so fun and so fascinating and I cannot stop learning about it. So I'm signed up for programs. I spend a lot of free time learning about it and I have no idea why and I do not care why and I have no idea if it's going to lead to anything and it doesn't matter. But oftentimes what this leads to is something that we couldn't even imagine and it opens up our worlds in incredible infinite ways when we follow what lights us up as long as we have a defined sacral center. And I have to give one more really short example because I thought this was hilarious and also so accurate. So somebody on Instagram shared this meme of the sign language person. I'm sorry, I don't know what they're called, but the person that does the sign language for the Super Bowl halftime show. I don't watch the Super Bowl and I definitely don't watch the halftime show. Not going to get into that. But I saw this meme of the sign language person and she was like having the best time of her life. She was like fully performing and making faces and like using her full body. And clearly she was like born to do this and was probably more entertaining than the entire Super Bowl. And what the meme was saying or the comment or whatever was like, wow, she probably had no idea that this is where she would end up when she decided to learn sign language and she followed that sign language probably lit her up or interested her or made her excited. So she went and learned it and look at where it led. Now she's doing sign language for the Super Bowl. And can you imagine, you know, what kind of career boost that is for her? Perfect example. So that's going all the way back to Danielle's question about how, um, if you can get susceptible to conditioning, even in the, if the center is defined. And yes, yes, you can, but in a different way than if it's undefined. When it's undefined, you are really susceptible to massive amounts of programming and conditioning, and you really struggle to even grasp that energy center yourself. When it's defined, you can just have the world kind of mute that energy center for you and tune it down and make you have a poor relationship with it. Okay, I know we're at 30 minutes, but I just can't stop. So I'm going to keep going with one more question. And this one comes from Kimberly. She said, let me pull it up here. She said, 
generator with sacral authority here. My question, the strategy of waiting to respond and it is essential to wait to respond to what life brings you before making decisions. With that, how do you respond and have committed action to create what you desire? Waiting seems passive and contradictory of going after or creating what you want in life. And then I asked her some follow-ups and just some clarity, and she said, basically, how can you create and go after what you want to have and build when you're supposed to wait and allow shit to come to you? What does committed action and personal drive look like with this? Okay, so what she's talking about is that she is a generator, and for generators, their strategy is to respond. So that means that in life, you're going to see life as a buffet and you're going to be responding yes or no. And actually, hell yes and everything else is a no for a generator. And this also applies to manifesting generators. Now, if you want to understand this better, go back and listen to the generator episode way back towards the beginning of the podcast. But this commonly gets uh, mistaken for exactly what Kimberly is asking me about. She's saying, isn't this just passive, like sitting around waiting for the right thing to come along? And the answer is no, but it's really common for generators to act that way. So you need to start expanding your eyes and ears and all your senses and start seeing way more options in front of you. Your life is completely jam-packed full of options. It's like a buffet that is so big, so huge, you can't even believe it once you start seeing all the choices. Literally everything in life is a choice, yes or no. And so what I'm talking about is when you, even if you're just sitting in your office alone and you're trying to decide what to do, there's a bajillion choices. You could check your email, you could check your voicemail, you could write a paper, you could research, you could, you know, record a podcast, you could make a phone call, you could schedule an appointment, you could cancel an appointment. There's literally unlimited options of what you can do while just sitting in a chair in your office trying to decide. And so what you're doing is you're seeing all of the choices and you're going to respond to them and whatever is a hell yes is what you do. And if it's a eh or a no, then you don't do it. And when you're doing this though, beware just because you don't feel like doing something that's a responsibility, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. So like, uh, let's use taking out the trash. Just because you don't ever feel like taking out the trash, it doesn't mean you should never take out the trash. It means that if you want to have the result of a clean office, and that makes you have a hell yes, like hell yeah, I want to have a clean office that doesn't stink, then taking out the trash is actually a hell yes. So you're looking at what is the result of doing that thing? Like if you hate checking your emails, but you want to have a successful business, it is actually probably going to be a hell yes for you to check your email at some point because that's what's going to help make the business go round, even though the actual task of it is difficult. But let's say you are a nutritionist and you teach nutrition classes and you teach private appointments or whatever, not teach them, but you you consult privately and you absolutely dread and hate your private appointments and you just love your classes and it's the most thrilling thing. Well, perhaps it's time to move on and no no more seeing private clients anymore for you and you're, te- you're teaching the classes. So you see how that can kind of um, change things. 
Now, you also need to see that your own ideas and your own thoughts and your own desires are something to respond to. So even if nobody's coming to you with a literal question, or if you feel like there's no choices in front of you, if you have a burning desire to do something, that is something to respond to. You respond, hell yes or no, to that burning desire. And it's coming from inside of you. So responding doesn't have to be to something that's outside of you only. It can be from inside as well. Now, what you wouldn't want to do is think that, oh, I want to have more clients. That's what I really want. And so if I want that, that means that I have to do all of the conventional things that everybody does to get clients. Like I have to make postcards and I have to put flyers on everybody's house and I have to make cold calls and I have to put an ad in the newspaper and do Facebook ads and do YouTube ads and commercials on TV. No, that would be more like being a manifester where they are informing. But if you are a generator and your strategy is to respond and you want to have this successful business and you need to do marketing, then you are going to respond to all of those choices of marketing and say, you know what, for whatever reason, it's not aligned with me to do commercials, even though I should and all my competition is. But for me, it's a no. So I'm not going to do that. But I am going to do cold calls because that feels like a hell yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, if the idea of doing something lights you up, then do it. And then keep checking in with yourself if it still lights you up or if you need to pivot. So Kimberly, I hope that helps you to feel like you really are in the driver's seat and you don't have to wait for a person or an email or a phone call to respond to. You're literally responding to thousands of inputs and stimulus around you at every single second. Thousands, probably millions of choices. And the more you open your mind and recognize all the choices in front of you, the more you're going to see like, wow, there's actually a lot to respond to. So I hope that was helpful. If any of you ask these questions and you've got follow-ups, just go ahead and send me a message with your follow-up and I would gladly be able to answer that for you. And also, I just wanted to put something out there for everybody in my manifesting generator fashion of responding and then informing. Here we go. I just booked a speaking event for a human design talk that I'm going to be doing locally here in the Twin Cities and I'm so excited because I I love speaking, I love teaching, and I love to be in front of people, and I love human design. So this is a huge deal for me, and I, I'm pumped. And it made me realize, oh my God, why am I not putting it out there that I want to do this? So if any of you out there would like to hire me to do a talk, whether it's in person, whether I need to travel for it or not, or whether it's online, like maybe there's a spirituality summit or a human design summit or or anything, anything where human design would fit in, I am available to hire. So go ahead and spread the word, send the messages out there, contact me, and I would love to. Groups, speaking, events, definitely top-notch my favorite, favorite things. And I'm here, so use me. Okay, everybody, thanks so much for listening, and I will catch you in a week. <laughs>